Welcome to Campus 8's Expert Outlook podcast. In this brand new series, we are going to explore the consumer behaviours set to disrupt and define 2022, learning directly from our network of industry experts and cultural insiders. I'm Lucy, and I look after all things membership at Canvas 8, and this episode is hosted by our content strategy director, the amazing Cara Melchers. So, grab your headphones, get comfortable, and let's get going. Hi everyone, I'm Cara, I'm the content strategy director here at Canvas 8, and I've been leading the expert outlook research. So with us today, we have Adrienne Matai. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for being here. I wonder if you could just start by introducing yourself. Yeah, of course. Well, thanks so much for having me. My name is Adrian Matei. I am a journalist based in Vancouver, Canada. I write for publications including The Guardian, Canada's national newspaper, The Globe and Mail, and New York Times. Amazing. Um, so, Adrian, you're back with us today to talk specifically about the contrarian mindset. Um, but before I actually dive into asking questions around this mindset, I want to do a quick recap um, for everybody listening. The contrarian, not wanting to take life too seriously, people are doing me and owning their contradictions. So not everyone is out to change systems or redefine cultural norms. For many, the only way to deal with the state of the world as it is is with a dose of quirky camp and totally unapologetic humour. They're likely to go vegetarian after watching Cowspiracy, but then stealth eat a post-party kebab. The contrarian is down to earth and embraces their contradictions. Our contrarian loves spending time on social media and values relatability above all in the people that they follow. With this in mind, what can brands be thinking about in their own communications to reach this mindset? I think that brands need to communicate with contrarians using two tacks simultaneously. For one, brands can tap into the sort of desire for underdog humor, humor that punches up or is self-referential. Um, and then, you know, also quite significantly, I think that brands need to understand that people are laughing through a certain amount of fear and anxiety right now. And they need to offer some solace by acknowledging the sources of those feelings. Um, and ideally also genuinely orienting their businesses around affecting positive change because while it may be tempting to say, you know, the contrarian lives for fun today, if there isn't a future, there isn't hope. And if there isn't hope, there isn't happiness. So definitely. And I think this uh, contradiction really lives at the heart. And I know in, on the library, we've written about trauma memes. So mm-hmm. kind of using this humor to talk about these like big societal issues that are happening, but doing it in a way that really kind of helps them to process it, whether that's something that you've noticed. Yeah, definitely. You know, there have been a couple ads um, from 2020 that jumped out at me um, as being particularly kind of funny in a contrarian way. So I think an ad that kind of understands the drivers behind the contrarian mindset was the Nestle uh, lack of confidence ad, which is sort of poking fun at this idea that a product can give you the confidence to ask out your crush or do anything really cool or great. Um, And then There was also one from Match.com, and it was an ad about Satan having a really romantic 2020 that kind of just used the misery of this year to strike a funny note. Yeah, I think uh, using humour and satire has seemed to really kind of punctuate through, especially when it seems like um, a lot of the news that were served at the moment seems to be bad news. Mm -hmm. Um, So across social media, we can see niche fandoms pop up around pop culture that people love 
So I'm thinking from Succession to RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, what are your thoughts on how brands can engage with these communities as there are so many of them? Um, well, I think that the key way to engage with any community is from the inside. So if a brand is interested in appealing to a fan base, it really behooves them to understand what the franchise is about um, and ideally you know, work with people who appreciate it deeply, work with the fandoms themselves um, and people who have been vocal about their appreciation, whether that's, you know, online um, or anywhere else. Great. Um, and we know that we know the contrarian lives for today and prioritizes seeking out experiences and short term happiness over maybe longer term gains. Um, what can brands do within their communications to fulfill this need? Well, when I think of this concept as a contrarian, I think of like a, a joyful resilience, like someone who's able to retain choix de vivre despite the extremely troubling realities of the pandemic, the Anthropocene, like late stage capitalism, essentially everything around us. Um, and it's somebody who can acknowledge the dread and anxiety that affects us all, but who considers it imperative to have a good time nonetheless. And I think that the more that a brand can really engage with that emotional truth um, at the center of our shared rea reality, uh, you know, the, the better, the more it rings true um, and doesn't really sort of feel quite as superficial. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, humor is key to how the contrarian relates to others and also expresses their thoughts about the world. Do you have any other great examples or tips for how brands can communicate with humor and I'm also interested to, obviously, you're Canadian. I wonder if you see if humour translates differently across different markets. Mm. Mm hmm. You know, the way that I see humour translating differently seems to be more across generations than um, maybe geography. Uh, I think that it's not just Gen Z, but the younger generations tend to appreciate absurd, absurdist humor. Um, whereas, you know, when we start to see people aging a little bit towards their 40s, towards middle age, the way millennials are now, the humor is a little bit more, a little bit more about laughing at, at yourself and maybe how your dreams didn't all pan out the way that you expected. There's, there's a bit of like a dark undertone um, to humor, I think, for, for older audiences. And... You know, I think that overall, what makes humor resonate is when it comes off as authentic. And I think something that we've seen during the pandemic um, is that, you know, the platform of TikTok really blossomed as a way into the kind of quirky, authentic, random, funny minds of other people. And it became this lifeline in a way for people who just missed characters and banter and goofiness and all these things that keep us in touch with the human experience. So I think that um, anything that really is able to convey or bring that that kind of like goofy essential truth to life can be like really joyous to experience. What kind of platforms are people going to to seek out these different, uh, I guess, like-minded people whether that be age or mindset do you think that different social media platforms have almost different personalities 
Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I think that there are primarily Gen Z social media platforms like TikTok um, and then also maybe Discord is a good example where, you know, younger people can kind of engage in their communities. And then there are some older platforms like Reddit that maybe millennials have been using since their teens um, that have like a particular character to them as well. And they could all be really generative and really friendly um, and wonderful to be in for everyone. I think that most of these platforms are actually extremely diverse. And just saying that TikTok is something for really young people kind of underestimates the the true like diversity of the users and, and the popular users on these platforms. I wonder if there's anything just like thinking about this mindset. So the fact that they've you know, got their contradictions or they just wear their contradictions a bit more visibly or they're more comfortable with them. Um, if there's anything that you think or any how you think that this might play out next year? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the contrarian is someone who's always being challenged. The world is a heavy place and I don't think that anyone is betting on 2022 being somehow super fun um, as much as we wish it would be. Every day of the pandemic and of climate change and of inequality and human callousness. It's like a day that can chip away at one's ability to feel joy. And I think every day people realize that they're sadder than they are happy. And maybe they have been for a long time. And the contrarian to me is like a fighter who chooses hope and happiness. Um, But enough tragedy can change people. Definitely. It does seem a sort of um, almost like a coping mechanism. Exactly. Yeah. Um, when you talk about chosen families, what, what do you mean by that? Um, so I guess I, I'm sort of referencing the concept of the chosen family as um, kind of elaborated through queer culture. Um, so this idea of maybe not connecting with your biological family as deeply as you would have ideally hoped, but in lieu of that, finding people who do appreciate you for who you are and see you um, how you want to be seen and love you um, and surrounding yourself with those people and quite, quite directly choosing them to be family. Is that more of a virtual thing or is that more of a, um, like an IRL kind of chosen family or a mixture or it could be either? Oh, I think it can definitely be both or a mixture. I think that, you know, the internet has opened up this vast channel for people who you know, maybe were the only queer person in their community or, you know, just otherwise felt really isolated to find other people that they can connect with. And so those digital relationships definitely can just be as as deep and, you know, affirming as, as any kind of childhood friendship. In terms of if you thought about a brand's role in offering support to any community, really, um, what would you say are the best ways to sort of communicate to, or to show like a level of support? People are extremely sensitive to superficial promises and, you know, greenwashing and all of its various incarnations. Um, and what we really want to see is corporations accepting their responsibility to affect positive change and maybe not underestimating, you know, the, the magnitude of that, the amount of work that is, the amount of money that is, um, you know, understanding that there are some sacrifices that will have to be made. 
Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, I really appreciate it. To wrap up, here are three key takeaways from today's session. Firstly, the contrarian uses humour as a lens through which to view the world, a joyful resistance. It's important for brands to understand the subtext of this humour, the fear and anxiety, that emotional truth at the centre of our shared reality. Secondly, the contrarian cares deeply about the icons, influencers and entertainment that they love. Fandoms form a core part of their friendships and the key way to engage with any community is from the inside. So if a brand is interested in appealing to a fan base, it really needs to take the time to understand what that franchise is all about. And finally, the contrarian is accepting of themselves and others in all their contradictions. They form strong bonds both on and offline, with digital relationships being no less important. Family is a choice made of people who see you as you are. So thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time when we'll be discussing a different mindset. Thanks for listening. I hope this episode has helped you to understand a key mindset to watch out for in the coming year, be it the culture steward, the system skeptic, or the contrarian. You can check out the full Expert Outlook research report via our website at canvasate.com. See you next time.